Then COVID hit and we just closed the doors here for two years. I wouldn't even open the door and come in. It just was so sad to me, you know? And then we just maintained what we had. It was a real struggle, but we got through it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvinois. So today I am back in Grand Rapids. The more time I spend here, the more I love this place. And, and I read an article recently about Grand Rapids actually being the culinary hub of Michigan, and I'm getting to agree with that. So today, to help guide us, guide us through this here, I have Cindy Schneider. She's the owner of Beacon Corner Bar in Grand Rapids. Cindy, how are you? I'm great today. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Yes, thanks for having us here today. Appreciate it. So why don't you tell us, what is Beacon Corner Bar? Well, Beacon Corner Bar is a downtown Grand Rapids uh, culinary experience. Uh, the idea was to um, bring seafood, primarily, or coastal fare is what we shot for, um, to the Grand Rapids area in a casual setting. So it's not like you need to have white linens and the piece of walleye fish presented to you. You don't need a three-piece suit. You don't need it. You can come. We're very casual. Things, food is food. Um, it's always been a little bit of our philosophy here. Like you don't need extraordinary things. You just need an amazing dish to excite people and to stick it in their memories. So we're right here uh, two blocks from Van Andel Arena and um, our sister restaurant over here. Well, it's more like our mother because it's been there for 31 years is uh, Sanchez, and Sanchez is more of a two-hour dining experience. And we felt we were missing out on a lot of people that were going to shows or to sporting events. We decided to take this corner, beautiful piece of property here and turn it into a restaurant and call it Beacon Corner Bar. And uh, that's what we do. We have smash burgers here. We have boils, seafood boils. We have sandwiches. We have lobster rolls. We have steaks. We have all kinds of wonderful culinary dishes from some amazing chefs that put things together for us. And, uh, and of course, an amazing bar. And here you sit here and you look over one of the busiest little areas of downtown Grand Rapids. That's what Beacon Corner Bar is. Nice. And I got to tell you, this location is just, it's beautiful. I thoroughly enjoy, was driving my, when I was driving down here, I thoroughly enjoyed the track. Yeah. Because there's so many beautiful buildings down here. And the murals. Yeah, the murals. The murals are just absolutely incredible. You know, I absolutely love them. So one of the questions that I got for you is, so why don't, so let's take a step back. Tell us a little bit about where did you, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Yep. I grew up in Long Island in West Sable. So that's where the coastal part of it comes from. So most of my neighbors at the time were clamors. So the little neck clams is what we, everyone was living off of back then. So I lived about mm, two blocks from the bay which, and of course, across from that was Long Fire Island and then the ocean. And so um, I grew up, uh, instead of like most Michiganders having a burger fry or a hot dog fry on the weekends, I grew up with clam bakes. So seafood's in your blood. It is. It's always been in my blood. It's always been casual. And then now when you just think, oh, I want a, a nice piece of fish or some oysters, it's unfortunate that you just have choices that, yeah, you know, take Quite a bit of your paycheck away from you. I don't feel that way. I just always felt, you know, we've come so far with seafood. It used to be how fresh is it, but all seafood has really enhanced and is uh, cryovac and frozen quickly. So you can get 
a fresh flavor of fish or seafood pretty much in most restaurants that are, are like this, that are focusing on a good quality piece of uh, meat. Yeah, Certainly. Yeah. At what age did you get bit by the restaurant bug? I um, put myself through college. I studied to have a teaching degree. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, yep. I'm a Grand Valley grad. When it came time to uh, do my student teaching and um, get that part of it done, I was already a general manager in a restaurant. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I've always been in the restaurant business, always from city to state. And um, I just, I always say, I guess I wasn't, I wasn't geared to teach history. I was geared to teach hospitality. That's kind of the, how I figured it out. I teach hospitality. I do my very best. We're very, very focused on service here and of course, good quality food. But So why did you decide to study teaching then? Why did I? I don't know. I don't think back then I really had much of a choice of, I don't know, I've always loved teaching. I always have. I've always been inspired by minds that don't know anything. Most of the students that come here and the young people that work for us here really were raised on ramen noodles. So, you know, when you say I was one here, of those kids. Yeah. So when you say, here, you know, have this seared tuna or try this oyster, what? You know, they're just like, no way. And But they try it. So it's opening their minds to a lot of education that in the hospitality culinary field. that And new experiences. Had. Yeah. Love it. They don't forget it. You don't forget things you taste, right? Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> That's for sure. I'm a huge seafood nut. Yeah, you're so good. So this works out really well. So you were telling me that you were the general manager at a restaurant. What I'd like to do is explore a little bit about how you went from being a general manager in a restaurant to now to opening owner. your own restaurant. Talk to us about that journey. So in 92, the downtown area was starting to pick up little tiny new adventures. So really, this town was still pretty quiet in 92. I mean, I always try to explain to people that the handbook that we created, I'm getting ahead of myself, but used to say that no woman was allowed to walk to her car by herself after her shift. She had to have an escort. Well, we had to take that out in 2000 plus because everybody lives around here. So the feel and the culture of the downtown area has definitely changed. So in 92, I was married with two children and there were these signs on this. I've always been downtown working. I worked at, at the Amway. I worked at Tootsie's. My husband was at Z's Chop House. So we've always focused on the downtown area. So anyway, I buy, drive by and I see the signs now hiring for a tapas restaurant. Of course, you know, I had to look tapas up. I didn't know what that was, you know. <laughs> I hadn't experienced anything like that. Anyway, so I came in and applied. I was hired and I connected with the two chefs that started this restaurant, which was Dan Gendler and George Sanchez. Sanchez, the, the word of where Sanchez came from. They were very young, younger than me. They were culinary chefs. And if you know much about restaurants, chefs don't run good restaurants. That's all there is to it. That's, I don't mean to say anything. They have, they're artistic, they're talented, but they don't know anything about the functions or the finances of a restaurant. So I knew all about that. They sucked me in and I <laughs> built all of their, um, their standard and uh, that's how it came, happened. I wasn't an owner until 2004. And then 
like they bought George Sanchez out, Dan Gendler did, and then Dan himself wanted to go teach up in, at the Culinary Institute, and they were both graduates of the Culinary Institute. And um, so he got out and he said, just buy the business from me. So that's what happened. So I bought the business from him in 2014. So it was a it was a longer process, but that's how I got into it, and I own Sanchez. And then I have two sons who went to college, never thought they'd come back to the to the restaurant field. Uh, my oldest son, Nolan, he was an air traffic controller, and he said, Whoa, oh. there's a difference. Right? He still directs. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, so he said he wanted to come back, so we're like, to Sanchez, you know? So he came back, and then... Our other son, Drew, he was doing a business degree at Western, and he said he wanted to come back. Well, we were like, well, we need to create more restaurants. So Dan and I spent a lot of time trying to take Santa's and move that um, that piece to the Detroit area, the east side of the state. Right. So many of our comment cards said, please come to Ann Arbor, please come to the east side of the state, um, we love you. So... We took all the information. We we're like, let's go to the east side of the state. But <clears throat> and um, Kevin Orr, who was the gentleman that the lawyer that helped get Detroit out of bankruptcy, was my brother's roommate in college. He's like, do it now, get to Detroit. So we really focused on getting to Detroit with just the concept of Sanchez, and that was a disaster. That wasn't a good situation. Ouch. Um, Sam Cummings, who's part of CWD, said, "What are you looking in Detroit for? I've got so many buildings here in downtown Grand Rapids." And our, our thought was, well, we didn't want to create a new concept. We just wanted to write off the one that was doing really well for us. But anyway, so we decided to create another concept so we could split our boys up, to be honest. I don't know if you have a brother or a sister, but you're always so different on different spectrums. <clears throat> That's when we, uh, Dan and I have traveled a lot, so we, and we were reading a lot um, through the National Restaurant Association that... Uh, Street food was really becoming popular at the time, so then we opened up Rome by Sanchez over there by DeVos Hall, across from DeVos Hall. So we had that restaurant. <clears throat> and we always sat on this little corner here, and it's been through a lot of different changes that were ahead of its time. And I think the number one, not problem, but challenge that Beacon Corner Bar has right now is that it sits next to a 31-year-old, very, very popular restaurant that everyone knows you just say Sanchez and people's responses. I love Let's Sanchez. Go. I love Sanchez. Let's go. So it gets really busy over there. Here, it just trickles in. And I'm like, it'll build It'll build popularity. It will happen. Good experiences, um, good food, good service. It'll happen. This hotel comes in. And at first, it was supposed to be like 40 stories. And it shrunk down a little bit. But we were like, oh, my goodness, we have a hotel coming in. We're sitting on this amazing real estate over here that we're only using for private events. And so right before COVID, we ripped it all out, got all of our material moving forward um, in 2019. 2019 was a great year for all of downtown Grand Rapids, great shows, great conventions. We were, were doing great in sales and um, then COVID hit. And so then we just closed the doors here for two years. I wouldn't even open the door and come in. It just was so sad to me, you know? And then we just maintained what we had, which well, was a real struggle, but we got through it. Sure. Um, we're very proud of ourselves. And I just know this because I read Anthony Bourdain's book. 
<laughs> so so I'm, I'm playing it from memory here. Yeah. So you came in and they said, hey, we want you to do this. And you said, okay. Yeah. We were talking before about you becoming a teacher. How did you learn those skills to take over the business side of a restaurant? Well, I did have quite a bit of training. Like I worked for Pietro's for a while. So I had a lot of training, let's say, and I worked for Tony Roma's. So I did some corporate restaurants that taught me along the way about how to do it. I had the first food truck in downtown Grand Rapids in the 80s. So I knew and studied a lot about what percentages you run, how to pay your bills, how payroll works. So I learned along the way. And so um, when I got here in 92, I was like, well, I could just take all these skills and help you out and help you put it together. And then the next question I got for you would be then is they, so the one owner bought it out from Sanchez yep. and then convinced you yep. to buy him out. That is correct. What made you think that you could take over ownership of a restaurant completely? Probably because he was gone for so many years and I was doing it anyway. There you go. On the job training. Yeah. So he was up at the Culinary Institute for many years and we never saw him. And I was doing just fine, making all the decisions and paying all the bills and bidding out insurance. And so I was doing it all. So I was like, I don't know why I'm not doing this just for myself. So that was, you know, like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I do it? You know, it was like one of those. So for a lot of these chefs that are coming in, you know, they, they trained, you mentioned the Culinary Institute, CIA, and they go get their training there. Now they come in here, but you've got a restaurant, you've got like a set menu, like yep. this is how we make our food yep. versus them wanting to come in and create all yep. these dishes. So how do you, how did you squeeze all that, I guess, like imagination, creativity or whatever it is to say, okay, this is what you have to follow. There are dishes that are on our menu over at Sanchez anyway, that have been there for 31 years that you don't touch. However, we always, we have a quarterly change that it's called our features and we run them and you give every opportunity to all the chefs to create a dish. It gets tasted by all managers, the board. Nice. It gets approved or not approved. It gets told, go back to the drawing board, tweak this, you're almost there. So we're constantly testing and putting things in the test kitchen. And then we were, since COVID, only doing it twice a year, but now we have a new chef and he's pushing us back to the quarterly. So we're very excited. And we do that here. We do that at all three restaurants. We run features. Everybody has the chance to be creative, do their homework, do a little research, come together, create their dish. So Nice. And that keeps chefs very happy. For our audience, we're going to take a quick break and thank our sponsors. When we come back, uh, Cindy and I are going to talk a lot more about the Beacon Corner Bar and what you can expect when you come there. We'll see you after the break. Are you enjoying these amazing stories? Michigan is full of people that are doing some pretty extraordinary things. If you want these amazing stories sent directly to your inbox, head over to TotalMichigan.com, enter your email address, and get them today. What are you going to get? I'm glad you asked. First, you're going to join our awesome Michigan community. Second, you will get an email that includes the top five interviews from the show sent directly to your inbox. Third, you're going to get exclusive behind-the-scenes information about the show. There's a lot of things that are happening to grow this movement beyond the confines of just a radio show and a podcast. You'll get advance notice of upcoming guests and early access to their interviews. Now, to get all these goodies, just head over to TotalMichigan.com join. Enter your email address and join our awesome community today. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan, where we interview ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvenois. Today, we're talking with Cindy Schneider at the Beacon Corner Bar here in Grand Rapids. Now we're going to talk a lot about seafood. So here's the first question for you, because you said this restaurant was based on the concept of seafood. Why seafood? Why not just like a, like a bistro burger place or something like that? Why seafood? We just really wanted to offer Grand Rapids the, the opportunity to have it in a casual form. So, And we love sea. I love seafood. We have quite a, a, a different arrangement of different foods. So we do focus on meats and vegetable dishes also. But why seafood? I don't know. I mean, one of our signature dishes is a walleye. And if you've ever followed walleye, um, it was never conventionally fished. Let's just say that. It was the fish that only fishermen got. And I think it was like maybe six or seven years ago that well, they got the permission, because I believe it belonged to maybe, I don't know who it belonged to, but somebody owned the rights to walleye. And it is our most wonderful Michigan fish. So we have uh, Uncle Joe, who is my, uh, my husband's wife's husband. So he brought walleye fishing to Grand Rapids or to Grand Rap to the Michigan area. So he brought that chapter and he had an amazing recipe for walleye bites. So walleye bites has been on our our menu for the longest time. And people love walleye because it's like coming to Michigan to have Michigan fish. Certainly. Like white fish up north and stuff like that. The so, walleye bites. Now is that an appetizer? Nope. It's a full dish, yeah. And so we have perch and we we didn't we didn't know that oysters would be so popular. Um, to be honest I always thought oysters was mm, just not for everyone, kind of one of those dishes. But right now, we sell more oysters than any other location in the Grand Rapids area. And uh, so... So now when you're talking about oysters, is it the raw oysters? Raw, raw yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. right. We always have like four or five different choices. And we Sometimes they make oysters Rockefeller. Sometimes they broil them. But mostly people just come here and enjoy oysters, which... I'm so thrilled about it. I had no idea it would take off like this. There are certain things that just happened during COVID that, oh, oysters. Really surprised you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the way they do like a really great smash burger. They have a great steak on the menu. I have a lot of handhelds. One of the dishes that really became popular here was the lobster roll. Yeah, people love lobster rolls. So then let me ask you this question because I, I still want to chase down the, the seafood angle of it. Because the thing is, like seafood has a very short shelf life. Yes, it does. You know, it's not something that you can just buy it and, oh, we'll pull it out three weeks from now and yep. and serve it. Yep. So going back, I'm thinking about how you got to always have that fresh yep. inventory coming in because, you know, once it smells. I know. So talk to us a little bit about sure. like managing that sure. versus like a hamburger or something. Yeah. We have three deliveries a week for seafood. Sweet Moses. Yeah, three. And we also designed the kitchen in the back for having easy accessibility to not only the walk-in but the freezer. So it's like right online. So like if you're if, if you're familiar with kitchens, um, restaurant kitchens, often you have to go quite a ways to get to the the cooler, the big walk-in cooler. Well, we made it part of the line here, so the fish is always staying either in a frozen state or right out of there, ready-to-eat refrigeration state. Our chefs are very, very cautious about freshness, about, um, you know, the timing of when you can have it and stuff like that. And so they do a really good job with it. So it's always fresh here. 
Now, seafood boils are something that I grew up with in Long Island, and they're very popular here. That's basically picking the things that you want in a boil, which consist of like corn, red skin potatoes. Often it has sausage in it, and then you can add shrimp, crab. This is where I start getting hungry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they become very popular, and then we have these significant steamers that are back in the kitchen that um, um, I grew up with, and they're not around here anywhere. They're, it's hard to explain, but the steam is inside the pocket of these cookers, and so it goes really fast. We use it for almost everything in the seafood so it doesn't make the seafood overcook. Mm, One of the dishes yes, that we have is yes. like clam chowder, which is very popular here, and we have a beautiful base, and then they steam the clams and pop them in, and they're so instead of getting a clam chowder that's been sitting on the stove all day long and then you're chewy, it's fresh, it's clean, it's nice. So That um, is something that I didn't get exposed to until I really started getting into seafood restaurants. Is And I'm thinking in particular shrimp. Uh-huh. If you overcook shrimp, it yeah. almost becomes bubblegum. Exactly. And it never occurred to me. So when you have a shrimp that's cooked properly, yep. it's just it's almost like melting your mouth. I know. It is. It's so delicious. Why everybody cooks it like the shrimpers. Close, the more they close up, the harder they are to eat. That's the rule. So, oh, so when a shrimp is open, something new. when a shrimp is open like this and you're getting it, it's really good. And then as it overcooks, it continually closes up into an E as opposed to a C. So that's, you just got to treat the seafood the right way. So, Certainly. Yeah. We have uh, great spirits to go along with everything. We also have a huge uh, list of mocktails, which through dry January is very popular. Um, we started bringing mocktails um, to our restaurants probably about six years ago, um, which are just really nice mixes of good um, things that don't include alcohol. There's lots of people that just don't include alcohol anymore. And then, of course, we have an amazing wine list and, uh, of course, a lot, quite a few bubblies, which go along with the oysters. I'm a big fan of bubblies. Yeah, me too. I admit. I, I admit. Do too. Let's talk about... Because you made it before, made a comment before about walleye. Yep. And walleye being like a Michigan fish. Yes, it is. Where else do you source your inventory from? Is it just all Michigan or are you looking, do you get some flown in from the West Coast, from the East Coast? How does that work? I think we get a little bit of, I mean, we don't get shrimp from here. So I know that shrimp comes, um, I want to say Vietnam, to be honest. Okay. I think that's where most of our shrimp comes from. This is probably... The purchasing part is probably what I don't know 100% about it, but I know all of our fish comes from Michigan. Our whitefish, our perch, our walleye. And then whenever we have a feature or a special and we do like rainbow trout, it's all Michigan, all Michigan fish. If somebody was coming here for the first time, what would be like a, a dish, maybe two dishes that you would recommend that people try? I would say have the clam chowder. Our wedge salad is amazing. There's an ingredient in the dressing that I can't reveal, but it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I have it every time. Of course, you should try some oysters, just even if you have to just give it a try for a couple. Let's see. I'm a fish lover, so I always love the perch. I'm a a big perch lover. But I'll eat anything. And then if you've never had a seafood boil before, you should experience it because it it takes a long time to prep all that and put it together and get the timing right. And we've got it all figured out here. The next question I got for you is because you mentioned like extensive wine menu. Mm -hmm. So do you get 
good chunk of your wines from inside of Michigan? We get our wines from all over. I mean, at Sanchez, we focus more on like Spanish and Argentine and things like that. But from here, we do have some Michigan wines. We've had Michigan wines at all three of our restaurants that sell really well. People like Rieslings, but we get wine from everywhere, from California to the East Coast to Melbecks from Spain, all over. So our wine is very So it's a global. It's global, for sure global. Very nice. Mm -hmm. And then, so the question I got for you is, Cindy, if if somebody's listening to this and they want to check out more about Beacon Corner Bar, Mm -hmm. what's your website? How can people find you? Socials? Sure. It's just Beacon Corner Bar that you could go to to bring up, go to our website. And you can see our full menu. You can see our hours of operation. You can see... Um, our features, like what we do for special happy hours or days of the week, or we're doing like a brunch punch right now, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So if you come in and get lunch, you get a punch, and then on the sixth one, you get it free. Well, well, you clenched your fish when you said punch there. (laughs) I'm punching (laughs) in my head. I'm punching. That's what I was doing there. So like on the piece of your little card. So yeah, I mean, it's it's always a challenge in, in the culinary field to to build people's trust and, oh, I'm going to try that, you know, and get here and just get here. And then just to come back. So, um, so many restaurants fail and we haven't failed yet. So we're well, pretty you're not going to fail. I'm an optimist. You're not going to fail. <laughs> so yeah, we, we do our best. So if it's pasta, if it's a burger, if it's a surf and turf, if it's the feature of the day, you just can't go wrong because our, our chefs are, are really talented. Most of our talent is right here in this Beacon Corner Bar. Cindy, thank you so much for taking time to talk yeah. to us today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you too, Cliff. Thank you very much. And for our audience, you can always roll on over to Total Michigan. Click on Cindy's interview and uh, get the links that she mentioned before. We'll see you next week when we talk to another Michigander doing some pretty extraordinary things. We'll see you then.